I always say, look at that number and imagine every single number is a real person and put them all in a room. So whether your audience is 10 people, imagine you were showing 10 people your photo. That would be a little nerve wracking. We have a lot of friends right now who are in similar boats. They're just nervous about starting because they don't want to make something that sucks. Mm. But I think that's part of it. Make something that sucks. Mm. And, at, and initially, I think you'll be... Put that on a hat. Make something that sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and we're here in the Polar Pro Studio. Today, we spoke with Lizzie Pierce and Chris Howe. And Chris Howe is actually the third Chris that we've interviewed on this show so far. Chris Romes, Chris Burkard, and now Chris Howe. That makes three out of six episodes with people named Chris. I just think that's kind of funny that half of our episodes are with Chris's. Both Chris and Lizzie have a huge following combined, and they kind of come as a pair. And I really love the fact that we interviewed both of them. This is the first couple that we've ever interviewed on the podcast. And it was really interesting to see their dynamic as a couple and to hear their story about how they started working together. If you're not familiar with Lizzie and Chris's work, both of them are amazing photographers and filmmakers who make a living doing YouTube, Instagram, and commercial work. And I think no matter where you are in your career, you can take something from both Chris and Lizzie and apply it to your work. Chris and Lizzie just got engaged and I haven't seen anything on their social platform really telling the story of how that happened. So that was the first question that I asked. Okay, so we're here with Chris Howe and Lizzie Pierce, who Hello. are newly engaged, I yes. believe. Yes, this is true. Tell Six me about months. that. Tell me about that. How did you propose? It- yeah, I'll give the quick proposal story. Oh. So um, actually, <laughs> this is interesting because I haven't shared this in a video yet, but I've wanted to make a video a little bit okay. around this. So, yeah. so uh, exclusive. Got, kind of an exclusive. Yeah, so, now you'll know how it happened. <laughs> Lizzie and I got engaged in October. We also bought our first home in October. And since we travel a lot, um, I kind of had the sense that if I proposed while we were on a trip, she would know that it was going to happen. So mm-hmm. like, how do you propose to someone who might have a sense that it's coming up? Uh, pick a time that she least expects it. So um, on the day we took possession of our home, Uh, I'll even just share a little bit of context of that day, which was really interesting. So I was planning on proposing that day when we got the keys to our home. That day was a really great day. It was like the beautiful day in Toronto, Canada. It was really nice. It was really nice and sunny. Lizzie was Mm. working on a YouTube video. I was trying to do a same day upload. Same day upload. Really stressed out. Film it, and she was really stressed out. And I was like, (laughs) because we had to go get the keys. Whatever you want, whatever you need. You want me to help shoot it? Let's shoot the thumbnail. And she's like, yeah. I was like, what? He's being really nice to me today, but like. I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to be supportive. Like, I don't know. It needs to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, she finishes up her upload. She's, we're at the Starbucks and she's like kind of like around the corner and she's finally finished uploading. I'm like, you have no idea what's about to happen at all. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, good friends with Peter McKinnon. I was texting him like updates along the way because he's like, like, you better him update pictures me. pictures of me. Yeah. yeah so I'm sending working, like secret focusing. pictures of Lizzie uh, while she's like working and super focused uh, yeah. behind her laptop. Anyways. That's good documentation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we grab... Uh, we grab the keys. Uh, we go upstairs, and about ten minutes into it, I was like, "Oh, Lizzie, I, I have a gift for you. Close your eyes." And she's like, <laughs> "I was like, I didn't get you anything. Was I supposed to get you a housewarming present?" Uh. And I'm thinking he's gonna bring out like a picture frame or something cute and be like, "We can hang this on the wall in our home." Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then it and wasn't then, that. <laughs> in short, uh, I, I go up uh, to her with the ring, and I'm already like sobbing. I'm a bit of a, a sappy. Guy. I opened my eyes, yeah. and he was already crying. And I was like, "What's happening?" And then uh, I saw the ring box. I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, we kept the proposal actually uh, really just close to us. We didn't film it. We didn't do anything like that. Um, you know, because we document so much of our mm-hmm. lives uh, was the one moment I wanted only us to have. I like that. And that was a that's a big thing that I kind of wanted to like 
funny enough, the irony of like encompassing that in a video moving forward. So yeah. the only thing that we have from that day is a single Polaroid photo. And that um, I just wanted like a single memory to trigger all the feelings that that day was for us. I just didn't want to be, I didn't want us to be distracted. I really <laughs> wanted us to be in the moment because the second you realize someone's watching you and they're kind of mm. judging your reaction as well. And also I'm not a crier. And so I think most people expect the girl to be like, oh my God. And I'm not that, so <laughs> yeah. So I think um, it I also, was very surprised. Yeah, there. I, I don't and cry. No judgment to people who want to film it. I think it is a really special thing. I just think for for our relationship, yeah. um, this was the storyline and the yeah. way of doing it that worked best for us. Totally. Um, it was in so, private in your home. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So at some at some point, um, we're probably going to make a little video around that with the messaging that we kind of talked a little bit about here. But uh, just having moments to yourself, I think, are. In yeah. a world where we capture everything, it mm. was kind of cool to not capture it. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's how it was for us too. I proposed to my wife in Vegas because she's from Vegas, mm -hmm. but she didn't want it to be in public either. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, where do you go in private in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the bathroom. So my, yeah, so my friends had a their hotel room. Wait, did they, you propose her in the bathroom? No, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I took like rose petals and candle lights and nice. like made a little heart in the living room of the oh, hotel room nice. uh, of my friends and we were going to go pick them up to go to dinner. Right. And like as we walk in, you know, she yeah. sees the whole thing and awesome. that's where it happens. So that's like nice. she didn't want to like a bunch of people to see it. Yeah. yeah. She you know, can get a little self-conscious about that. So totally. yeah. it's really special. Well, the other thing was you want to remember it how you remember it, not mm -hmm. seeing it from an outside perspective or even watching it through a video or something yeah. like that. Um, because that can change the way that it felt, I think. Yeah. I so. also think um, just naturally as we are as humans, we kind of like remember the best parts of it. So to have like an exact documentation yeah. of how it went, I think is a little different than how you yeah. felt and how you imagine it being. So I think it feels even more special looking mm -hmm. back on it when you're kind of having nostalgic moments. You can add your rose-colored glasses afterwards. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we've been engaged for a couple months now. It's been great. Congratulations! Thank you very Thank much. You. It's yeah. different than dating, isn't it? It, it's it's got a weird mental thing. People treat you differently, mm -hmm. which we which wanted. Yeah, which I we've think. seen both uh, in our family in our and family. in business too, which is really nice. Um, you know, yeah. within our families, there's just a level of like, good job, like yeah. from like all yeah. our brothers and stuff like that, like excellent. Yeah, well, which now you're actually me. a part. Well, of the, the context family. is too that yeah. you've been dating for a while, yeah. so. That's probably like, why I you're think they were all years. kind of. They might have been looking at you like, "All right, how serious are you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been going on for. Oh, too like long. your family, my family, gotcha. yeah. And I have several brothers and a. Are they married? No, but some of them were. Yeah, <laughs> and but, a sister uh, that's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, and yeah. um, one of the other things that we saw was just the way that people kind of took us seriously in our business. I think mm -hmm. you know we started our business together like four years ago. Yeah. And anytime you show up on set and you're like, they kind of have a sense that we're dating or we're together. And I think people don't take it as seriously. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, you that's cute. It's my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. you have a yeah. business together. That's that, cute. Yeah. I wonder how long this will last. Even though, yeah. you know, we know that it's serious. We know it's great. I think just on the outside, people don't always treat it that seriously. Mm -hmm. And we've just experienced with our clients and um, just in business in general that there's just a level of seriousness and more acceptance and just uh yeah. level of respect so, so you did it for Security. business reasons yeah, purely for business reasons <laughs> no. <laughs> uh no definitely not but um, you mentioned that uh, peter you mckinnon was a part of you 
like having the idea of like, okay, maybe it's time to propose. Can you share that? Yeah. I mean, Peter's so uh, just to give us some context, he's married. Uh, Peter's a close friend of mine. He has kids. um, And, you know, we would just talk a lot about it uh, just uh, as friends, one-on-one, not as YouTubers and Mm -hmm. as collaborators. And uh, I just remember one day he was just like, dude, just do it. It's not scary. It's amazing. She's an awesome girl. You obviously know this. Um, No, he's saying things to you like, so why haven't you done it yet? Yeah, well, yeah. And you didn't have a good answer. Kind of calling you out a, <laughs> a little, little bit. bit. It's like a little bit of like support and calling me out. Like yeah. as, as a know, good friend would yeah, do. Yeah, as like the friendly jabs, but in the same way of being like supportive, right? So, um, you know, those those little moments of having friends who have been through it and mm-hmm. are going through it um, just help, you know, get you to that next stage and wanting Always. to do it. And uh, we were in a position in our lives, uh, you know, uh, emotionally, financially and everything like that, that we could do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it was great. We were nice. gonna start living together, and yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations! I'm Thanks. sure everybody's Thanks. anxious for awesome wedding pictures and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, we'll Let's see. Wait a little a while. lot of people always ask. I'm like, I think we're gonna hire like three wedding photographers so that we have different styles. Nice, <laughs> yeah. a film actually, shooter. Yeah. yeah, we actually will probably. Yeah, because I have someone that I really like, and then you have someone that you really like. So we might have both. Of yeah. Them. So uh, funny enough, we might actually have two or three photographers yeah. at yeah. our wedding, and then I also wanted... might not like that, but yeah. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> but it's kind of cool because uh, you know I think uh, people all have their inherent styles, and it's really funny because I would love photos. I kind of position it like this. There's certain photos I would love to like hang up on our wall as like very artistic pieces, but they wouldn't quite match our Instagram grids. And then there'd be like a photographer that I would love to have who just takes really Mm. great Instagram photos that suits more of the style of our grid. And then I would also like somebody who just shoots very like lifestyle-y fun photos that's more for Mm -hmm. like family and sharing. Maybe it's just shot on a Some candids. Yeah, exactly. More candids and things that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't have to be professional level. They're just memories. Yeah. And I, so that's kind of like the the three categories that we want, which is weird, but they're all meaningful to us. Um, And as people who value photography and videography at such Mm -hmm. a high level, um, we, we want those different categories. And it's funny because my mom tried to say to us, she's like, you don't need to worry about the wedding photos. You barely ever take out that album. I was like, do you know me at all? <laughs> mom. Do you know what we do? And yeah. she's like, oh, right. What did That's they do 20 years ago? Button. I know, yeah. right? Well, I know they did. My parents got married. They have like, a couple of pictures and it's just them standing together by a tree. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. Like, it's always by that's a tree. Pretty much yeah. What it is. yeah. <laughs> so many trees at weddings. In some really great 80s wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been married for almost five years and we just pulled a bunch of favors because I shot like 300 weddings in the last six years. That's kind of how I cut my Crazy, teeth. Crazy, man. A wedding nice. shooter. It's the best way to learn. It oh my is. gosh, it's so is. Did you guys shoot yeah. weddings? We, we shot did. A couple. Not anymore. <laughs> Do you guys I, find it stressful or did you... F- in eventually find it yeah. easy because I, I eventually I, found I it you answer then i'll answer so i put yeah. in about well over ten thousand hours into shooting video for weddings wow. and it got to a point where it was just like oh cool i'm gonna hang out with my friends and we're shooting a wedding yeah right. you know like yep. no, yeah. totally there's we a level of comfort once you've done it enough. Yeah. yeah but did you shoot photos well or video we it depends on the wedding and what they wanted us yeah, to do. Okay. We so kind of did a context, combination of both. Yeah, we well, only ever shot like four weddings. Okay. We did not do 10,000 hours worth of weddings. Okay. Um, yeah, and I occasionally... I 17, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted to shoot weddings because I loved... I loved all of the bride getting ready with her family, and I loved shooting her getting dressed, and uh, that was really fun for me because mm-hmm. it was just so 
pretty to shoot. Everyone yeah, no, looked you, you great. Like genuinely love it. I really enjoyed that part. Um, but then we had a few experiences where it was really stressful because you know if you don't get it, it's missed, it's gone forever, and then you have Bridezilla coming after you. Yeah. So that was. Did you have Bridezilla coming after you? Once. Once. <laughs> um, but... What's her name? Oh man. <laughs> I wish I could. Time is now. <laughs> Revenge. Um, um, but no, we, we did really like it occasionally. I mean, usually we were doing just video and we would shoot it together. Yep. And I find a it's few, a little less stressful with video because the photographer bit. tends to lead a lot of the yeah. day. Yeah. And you have to yeah. organize people in a certain way so that like mm-hmm. it visually looks good. Whereas like as a videographer, you can kind of be a fly on the wall and yeah. not have to create certain types of shots. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and occasionally we did both. I would do photos and you would do video and we would hire someone else. Or occasionally we would hire someone else to do the photos and then you and I would do video. Yeah. It would be like a three-person gotcha. team. But what, what made you guys decide not to do it anymore? Um, I think we... I think it was more the type of work we wanted to move into. Mixed Budgets. With, yeah. <laughs> and we were also like during the week we, you know... We had all these corporate videos that we were making, yeah. and then most of the time weddings are on weekends, as they naturally are, just because of the nature of it. So, you know, we were starting to find that we were working all the time, mm-hmm. and we were trying to position ourselves to, like, you know, really keep our weekends to ourselves and enjoy those as people and as humans, right? Oh, that's so and important. It was, right? I found it really challenging to educate people on the process of making videos or editing photos who have never had any experience with that before, and you know, having them understand how much work is involved yeah, and then feeling like you constantly have to justify that Mm -hmm. and prove it to them that these are really good and they're worth, you know, this budget. It's a consumer market. So like the people that you're selling these photos to aren't producers and filmmakers. and So they can't always relate to that. So it's harder to sell them on a standard price or they're Mm -hmm. always looking for like the cheaper rate because they think it's just like any other product. Yeah. Even though it's specialized and we have a skill set. And then there's the other side of it too, where it's it's a one-time client. So uh, yes, they you could get recommendations for another future wedding and and so on and so forth. But versus like selling yourself into like a corporate company where you do the selling once and then mm. you just have repeat business every quarter because of budgets and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So f- you know, from a business perspective, you know, we really enjoyed making these corporate and commercial projects. It was moving in that direction. The budgets were sometimes a bit healthier mm-hmm. um, and a little less stress on the day of. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of joked earlier, like the best way to learn videography or photography is shooting weddings because it's oh, yes. such a wide variety. You know, you're well, shooting it's, food, it's people, how I started portraits, out, It's a great way everything. to start. You get good really fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and we you're were doing two or three it. a week, you know, yeah. and, and you can like, make money at it. Yeah. So it's a great way to start off. Your same storyline. Yeah. Learn to hone in like storytelling abilities. Yeah, totally. Because yep. it's the same script every time. Yep. Yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, cool. So we're kind of jumping all over the place. Which yes. <laughs> that's just how I am. But yeah, it's all good. Yeah, um, so how did you guys start working together? Because like I didn't realize that you guys did weddings together, too. So yeah, yeah. been together for a while. Yep. Yeah. What was that point where you guys got into video i think when we met in school we were in the same program yeah so, so we in had toronto s- canada there's a, a university called ryerson university there's a program called the radio and television arts program uh both lizzie and i were a part of that program cool. i was he a was, year ahead of her yep and uh yeah. this was what year was this uh 2012 yeah okay 
Nice. Cool. So <laughs> nice. Chris was, was so, not going to have an answer to that at so all. So this was like post DSLR revolution. So he had 5D Mark IIs and 7Ds back Five, then. Yes, yeah, 7Ds 5D for sure. 5D3s were the thing. 5D3 was out at 2012. Yeah, and right. I, my friend had one. I borrowed hers all the time because I only owned a Canon T3i. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I basically lived off Did of you guys the learn off of uh, DSLR video making? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I we think d- that's like not something people. we learned in school for sure. Um, were they teaching you on camcorders and like yeah, yeah. Film big cameras. massive Studio. cameras with like yeah. horrible depth of field yeah i just remember seeing stuff on dslrs and being like this looks better than this yeah. like ten thousand yeah. dollar camera that i'm learning on at yep. school well and what i wanted to go into more in school and i knew what the program was made for was producing so i went into all of the producing heavy courses i mean i did take some practical practical classes like in studio and audio you focused yep. a lot on audio production for a while i actually thought i was going to be an audio engineer going yeah. into school ah. and then it shifted as uh you know the marketplace and cameras came out and i just kind of fell in love with video and then um naturally it was getting more in demand and getting requests to get paid so i was like oh i should do more of this um Mm -hmm. and then it kind of combined the audio stuff as well so yeah Yeah. back on track so we met in 2012 and we love at first sight love at first it was hardly (laughs) that actually we met in 2010 (laughs) yeah it was not love at first sight no that's a different story we'll save that for another video we'll save that for another video yeah um and I think pretty early on, we started doing little projects together because I started shooting about when I met you. Yeah. I got my first camera and we would do little projects here and there, mostly music related. A lot we of music doing related live sessions because we both are musicians and then we would meet other musicians that needed music videos. So then yeah. we would make a lot of music videos or live nice. sessions together. Yep. Um, and that's kind of how we cut our teeth and creating content together. Yep. And then um, by move my ahead. last year of school, we were doing some really great music videos Adobe Premiere or and... Final Cut 7? <laughs> Adobe Premiere. Premiere. Okay. Yeah. Premiere. The Final Cut was a very, very short-lived experience oh, for me. Five yeah. minutes, yeah. yeah. Five minutes, yeah. and then it's always been Adobe. Um, and then by the time I graduated, I mean, I was freelancing while I was in school, uh, but I graduated and I thought, hey, I need to get a full-time job like everybody mm-hmm. else does. Yeah. Uh, and I was um, he was freelancing. Still freelancing, I was running, running the his company, sole, sole proprietorship. Um, and doing just trying to make it work and doing random corporate or weddings, just kind mm. of saying yes to everything at that yeah, point. I can yeah, relate. So yeah. you were, it's funny cause you were doing corporate work mainly as well. And yeah. then I was also doing corporate work. It was the production company that was their focus. So I was working on projects for you probably, you guys probably don't know in America, uh, Canadian tire, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Panasonic, Canadian tire. Canadian tire. I've heard of Panasonic. Yeah. Uh, heard of Panasonic once or twice. So yeah, things like that I was working on and it was great for me because I got to see how a smaller production company ran. Yeah. And- like a team of like what? Six people, six or eight people. Yeah, there yeah. Like yeah, six to eight freelancers of and a big network of uh, so different. You're, you're like yeah. PAing and just kind of assisting. Yeah, I started out. I camera. was a PC, and then by the time I left, I was a junior a Mac. producer. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. And it was great for me because I I got a lot of that experience working nice. with those higher end clients. What they wanted to see, what their expectations That's so were. Yeah, what yeah. the client experience was like. You Something learn, that I never I was, really you um, learn more there. I was working school, with right? editors, 100%. and it was very hands on, and yeah. so that was a great learning process for me. But I quickly learned there that I was not going to be able to have the creative control that I wanted. Yeah, and because there's um, always going to be an owner of that company who had final yeah. sure. say. So but you're starting out. So. Yeah, so I was starting so she, out. So she worked there for a year. She learned a ton. Almost two years. Almost two years, sorry. And I, uh, 
my company at the time was kind of in a position where like I couldn't handle the amount of growth that was happening. And I kind of had brought in like a mentor at the time who was trying to help like scale it and grow it. And because of this like weird moment where I had this mentor that didn't ultimately work out in the long run, you know, he had helped build the confidence in me to be like, you should hire on Lizzie full time. See what this is like. You should start working together. Because, because we were, we're still dating? doing little yeah. side projects yeah. here and there. And then I was giving him advice saying, well, you shouldn't have done this. You should have done this. You could have been able to take oh, on wow. that. I was like, that's brilliant. You should, yes, he was like, yeah, I more. should have. He's like, but I can't do this. So I, I did leave that job. We started working together. It was pretty terrifying because actually right after I left, I got a job offer from another production company that was more commercial work. And then and like a company was, she had like admired that I admired for. and I would have loved to work for. And so I was so torn wanting to throw up every day going, am I making the right decision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and we were like in at that point in our lives, we were um, the business was like in a financial point where like it literally could only support Lizzie and I. Mm. And it was like very scary to like, yeah, it was just like just yeah, enough to get by. Mm. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And then, Honestly, I don't know so I what I said it... no to that other job offer. Yeah, she said no to that. And then with the mentor we had, we soon realized that he was just kind of a hype guy. He was all talk mm-hmm. and didn't really have a lot of foundation underneath it. So yeah. weaseling like jo- him out jobs, of the job, Promising jobs that never really came to fruition. Yeah. So, um, I've we, experienced that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we phased him kind of like out of our working relationship. And then it was Lizzie and I making all the final decisions at that point. And... I don't know what happened, but literally within like the first couple of months, all these like job opportunities came in and we, we got just, all of them. We got all of them. We knocked them all out of the park. Do um, you call we, that luck? No. <laughs> I don't know. It was definitely hard work. I think just we were ready for all the opportunities and it's hard to say that if they were already there, mm-hmm. but because- No, I think we were just, we we knew exactly how to approach them and what to do now. Yeah. So we went from so. like landing like 40 or 50% of jobs when I was just on my own to like landing almost 100% with Lizzie. Nice. And um, the first, with her, That year we did really well. We did really well that year. Um, it continued to grow. And then, uh, yeah, and we've been working together ever since. And then now we're in a uh, place where- we have our, our social media channels and that's kind of like the new scope of the business is where we do like we have the agency do commercial corporate work still. Um, and then we also have our social media channels, which also um, brings in a lot of different opportunities yeah. and work yep. as well. That's amazing. And yeah. you guys have each other to take pictures of each other, to film each other. Yeah, totally. Very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. be, be comfortable and, and have a, a working really understanding of like how we both work and what we both need to get things done efficiently. You know, it's not always easy, but it's it's, mm. it's great doing it together. Well, we say a lot of the time to each other, if one of us was doing this and the other one wasn't, I don't know mm-hmm. if this would work because it's just you need to understand how. Well, it's how very it complex. And, you know, yeah. there's, yeah. Um, you know, we're here on a Saturday doing a podcast together. If, uh, you know, if one of us wasn't in this space, it'd be hard uh, to justify. It is, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. go take three hours out of uh, a morning when we're technically on vacation to go. Well, would would one of us have even come if the yeah. other one was working? Yeah. Also, the other exactly. one might have just been at home, and yeah, or the other one would just be sitting back at the Airbnb, yeah, doing nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm I am that guy. My wife doesn't do this, and she doesn't really have any desire to do it. And I just have to be really strict on my schedule. I have to be yep. disciplined on like being home on time. And yep. Setting aside vacation time and... Well, and with us, the biggest problem we have is having to stop talking about work. 
Yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest thing. Dinner time, and Chris is like, "So I have an idea for this video, or let's talk about um, what's your passion, this project, or this thing." And I'll get into it, and then I realize, oh, it's nine o'clock. We should probably, you know, just be people. Yeah. So that's a a bit of a challenge for us still. But usually, one of us will just say, "We Mm -hmm. we just need to. We'll remember to talk about this tomorrow." We'll write yeah. it down, and that's it. We have to stop talking about it because it's not—it's not healthy. Otherwise, you feel like yeah. you're just working constantly, and you have no time to refresh yourself. So, yeah. so. or have outside influence that can also help you on the business side mm-hmm. or life side. Yeah. Um, also, just being able to like relate to other people and and those kind of things. So we're very it's uh, about balance, balance, and, and just try to like yeah. bring a lot more life into our our busy lives. As yeah. Working. It's okay to kind of pause, think long term. And say, I'm going to be doing this for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. So totally. So like, let's just take yeah. the weekend off and chill, you know? Yeah. And- well, I'll say to Chris sometimes, you know, you know, I'm I'm still 20-something. Yeah. And I have my whole life to work. And it's not that I don't want to, you know, I I love working. Knock on wood. Yeah. You should have my whole life to work. <laughs> um, and it's not that, I, I mean, I love working. It's just I want to make sure that I'm checking everything off my list yeah. that I wanted to do. And I don't want to compromise yeah i mean life has a lot of amazing things to offer and um i think as you know people who are passionate about this it's very easy to let it just constantly take over your Mm -hmm. life because it's fun and it's enjoyable and we care about it um as well as having both an agency that we put a lot of time into Mm -hmm. and social media that we put a lot of time into Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of stuff that we have on our plate yeah so naturally it would take up a lot of our time yeah Mm -hmm. well like just a couple days ago i just like when it was probably midnight and I just went outside, didn't have a podcast on. I just kind of like looked up at the stars and it was silent. Nobody was out. Isn't that wonderful? It was just like, like wow. I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, I'm so blessed. You know, I, I have a beautiful wife. I have a son. We live in California. You know, I have a job that I love. Like, yeah. thank you, God. You know, like yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of just chill, meditate, think. Mm-hmm. Like a long time ago, people like we're creative in those moments and i used to be like that i think that because i'm on social media all the time from work like the creativity can sometimes get kind of suppressed with posting schedules totally like when you stop and just think to yourself you come up with ideas that are like great i say that all the time and yeah it's statistically proven that when you're doing you know little random tasks throughout the day like laundry or you're just sitting and in a bit more of a passive state yeah Mm -hmm. um and just letting yourself reflect for a moment about what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. That's when you come up with those ideas. That's why you always get it in the shower or at yeah. 2 o'clock when you're laying in bed. Well, yeah. we went to the spa. <laughs> um, which one? Uh, Scandinav? Yeah, it's like an Ontario It's in spa. Ontario. Yeah. And nice. it has those like heated pools outside and everything. We went oh, yeah, with I've a couple there. friends yeah, yeah. of ours. <laughs> I've never been there. And uh, <laughs> Well, they're they're great. I'll tell you right now, they're great. Yeah. And we wanted it to be a completely relaxing day. We didn't want to work at all. And of course, when we're in the steam room, that's when I get like three really good ideas for yeah. videos. And I was yeah. like, sweet, I'm going to do those. Yeah. So if you don't give yourself that time just to relax, I think then, you know, you get caught up in doing things yeah. and you don't have those opportunities to mm-hmm. be creative, to let your mind open up and make room for yeah. those good ideas. Well, the relaxation times are just as important as the working times. It's right? true. Mm-hmm. They're, I think they're equally uh, in weight in terms of mm-hmm. uh, how much value they bring. 
uh, is another big part too, is just when you're driving, you know, having sensory input, um, usually can create a lot of triggers, which also create new ideas. Um, I can't remember which big director it was, but he always said that he left like a voice note in his car mm-hmm. so that when he was driving, um, I think it was Spielberg. And I think he talked about it, like how he came up with ET while he was driving Wow, just because it like something got triggered yeah. while he was yeah. going through it. So, um, even just having those creating those opportunities, yeah. just summing up what we were talking about there, mm-hmm. uh, give yourself time to relax or mm-hmm. uh, just be in a passive state is really important. I think that's when a lot of people, if you don't leave opportunities to do yeah. that, I think that's when you let other influences kind of seep in and you mm-hmm. end up not liking what you're doing or yeah. not liking the work that you're creating because you're, you're thinking too much about what other people want you to do and less about mm-hmm. what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. A, a fun hack. Well, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I process things like by speaking. I'm just a talker, yeah. and like An a fun talker. hack. <laughs> oh, nice. A fun hack is uh, if you use the voice memos app on your phone, you can actually hold it up to your face like you're talking on the phone. Yeah, and it will shut off the screen and everything, and it will continue to record. So like I'll walk that. around in circles in my apartment complex like I'm on the phone, but I'm just talking to myself like a script or like a concept oh, and awesome. it's cool. it's for some reason it like uh you know the people don't think i'm weird because it looks like i'm on the phone yeah i'm not just like talking to myself you know yeah yeah otherwise it'd be a creep you know yeah although i could just go over to santa monica and i blend right in yeah so. yeah <laughs> um so I've, i'm gonna break up these next little talking bits into two sections we have okay uh instagram and youtube so yeah. photo i guess you could just call photography yep and uh video yep uh let's start with youtube because it's really what my passion is yeah. uh I was also a freelance filmmaker, director, uh, DP in Nashville for years. Lots of music videos. Yeah. Uh, like I said, weddings. I bet in Nashville. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. All my seriously, like some of my best friends are incredible, and a lot of them have done There's really so well. So much talent. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, it's Hollywood for music, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Um, I would do pro bono videos, you know, for my buddies, and then you know those videos get hundreds of thousands of views because they're yeah. incredible musicians. Yeah. I did not ever think about YouTube as like a thing. Until Casey Neistat started vlogging. That's really when it clicked for me. I was like, he's a quadruple threat. Performer, mm-hmm. editor, director. I was actually a magician for six years. Nice. And I met Peter. Why are, YouTubers Why are all YouTubers magicians? Dude, I, uh, I seriously cannot wait to interview Peter because I met him at Magic Live yeah. six years ago. Uh, that's awesome. What? So yeah, it's kind of that's ironic, amazing. isn't it? I love it. Why are all our friends I don't magicians? know. I think- for me, that's when it clicked like two, three years ago. And I just like started doing YouTube. What was that kind of moment for you guys? Like when you you were obviously a freelance filmmaker, you might yeah. have been wanting to pursue. I wanted to pursue Hollywood style, like yeah. go up the system. Meet, I was meeting with producers, like yeah. trying to climb the ladder, yeah, the traditional route. But like yeah. just two, three years ago, when when Casey started doing his stuff, I was yeah. like, wait a minute, there's a whole nother opportunity yeah. here. Yeah, I, I people, can rip you on this start, for a you, yeah. you started first, so you have to start. Yeah. So I mean I, I can relate. Uh Casey was a huge inspiration. I remember watching him, uh Ben Brown, uh very re- like religiously. Like every morning it'd be like my inspiration to like start my day. Like I would look forward to eight AM when Casey released a video, watch it in bed and then just like jump out of bed and be stoked. There's a lesson in uh in uh uh consistency by the way. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent, right? It's a, it was I like needed it at the time because um you know we were doing corporate and commercial i loved it but again um i i think like for me i knew that there was some other stuff that i really wanted to be doing uh so i it was specifically um ben brown's canada video that i had watched and i got 
really inspired by it. Uh, it was just like a short film, like six minutes long, um, used this incredible music track and just kind of showcased this like travel experience that he had while he was in like Banff, Canada. And I got like hyped on it. So uh, the next day I bought like a couple of different lenses. Uh, my family and Is I- Is it this one, by the way? It, it might be the, yeah, Canada Visual Vibes. Mm-hmm. Ben, if you if you are watching this, uh, huge, huge inspiration, him and Casey. So this was like a couple was, years ago. This was 2014. 2014. Yep. I wanted to start filming our family trips. So my family and I went on a trip to Arizona. I filmed that video. And uh, it was interesting because at the time, I remember I made that video and I got like 200 views. And I was trying to create all this like viral content as a musician because to give some more context, I was uh, trying to pursue a life as a professional musician. I would make these music videos. Oh, cool. I would try to promote them. I made one video where I surfed, played guitar, and sang at the same time. What? That's awesome. I got yeah. featured on like Good Morning America. So like I we was, did like oh, four sweet. different versions. of Yeah, it so many different summer. things. So it was interesting because I went from like trying to create this like music and viral content to like okay, I want to create travel content. And those videos would get like a few hundred thousand views. And then I made a video that got like 200 views. And it was funny because all the comments on like that viral video were just like, whatever, they didn't really mean anything. And I remember that travel video that I made in Arizona was like, the comments I got from it were way more meaningful. Mm. And I was like, I felt better about that video that got less views than I did about the videos that got a ton of views. So I was like, all right, I want to do more of this. So um, I filmed my next trip when I went to Ireland. And I remember I emailed the Ireland tourism board. Um, I already bought my flight to go there. And I was like, hey, here's this other video that I did for Arizona. I didn't do it for Arizona. But I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of positioned it being like, look, I made this while I was in Arizona. And they were like, okay, here's a letter you can present to like any of the places that when you're in Ireland, hopefully our partners will be able to help you out. So I got this letter from the Ireland tourism board. And I went to the Guinness factory and I said, Hey, I have this Ireland tourism board. No, what can you do for us? And they're like, we'll give you a free tour of the the Guinness factory. And I was like, nice. a free tour of the Guinness factory? <laughs> and it's like 20 bucks to do it or something like that. But I was like, oh, there's value in this. Yeah. Um, so I made that video. That video got uh, five times as many views as the first one. Again, just as many mm-hmm. meaningful comments. So I was like, what's the next one I should do? And someone said, you should just do it of your hometown. So I did it of Toronto. And for whatever reason, um, I sent that email off to like a, different press outlet in Toronto and it went viral in Toronto and got a few hundred thousand views. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, Oh, I really love this. There's value in it. I want to start making more of this. So moving forward again, I knew people were doing YouTube. I just was like, Oh, Facebook video might be the thing. Was this what 2014? Uh, probably like 2015, 2016 kind of so thing. Yeah, pre Casey Neistat daily vlogs. Yeah, around kind of or, like around that time, okay. a little bit. So I was watching it, but I was like, uh, I was like, oh, maybe everybody's already on YouTube. Maybe like yeah. it's already saturated. Seriously, I well, felt that two years ago too. Yeah, I was like, it's and already I don't saturated. think you were doing that stuff with the intention of ever like building a following on YouTube. You no. just wanted to create some content to leverage some travel based work yeah which is what our intention was <laughs> totally and and to get more opportunities yeah. to travel and having a, even a small audience even on facebook you know helps mm-hmm. creating those opportunities to get those more so anyways uh again moving forward we ended up getting like our first big trip that was covered by like the azores tourism board mm-hmm. um and i remember just at that time being like i want to do more of this um so then put more focus into trying to create content and viral content on facebook kind of created like a bit of a recipe that really worked there uh, made a bunch of viral videos started building an audience i think of like fifteen thousand on facebook and i thought facebook video was going to be like the next big thing Mm -hmm. so that's why i put a a bunch of time into it gotcha and then uh move ahead uh just a couple of 
you know, years, um, I ended up rekindling my friendship with Peter McKinnon because we used to shoot weddings back in the day and kind of connected over those kind of things. And I remember he told me, he's like, just, it, it was, was a he bit started more already. Or? He was already started. He had like a few hundred thousand subscribers at yeah. this point. And I remember he kind of, we were sitting and having chicken wings and he was just like, dude, you're cut out for this. You should start, stop doing Facebook video, mm -hmm. start YouTube tomorrow. Yeah. And I remember the, that that's very pinnacle chicken wings in my life. <laughs> um, we still eat chicken wings. We still together. eat chicken wings together <laughs> with Peter all the time. That was a big move. Um, moment when i started putting full time into youtube yeah. i'm not full time but like a lot more time into it and shifted all Creative my energy yeah. that was kind of going into this facebook you're still freelancing outlet. to pay the bills right 100 yep. percent. and um yeah and then now it's at where it is now um thanks to a bit of a push like i, I was always i always wanted it and i always you wanted to do it. things like that yeah. but it was just a bit of like a perspective change from a, a friend that i could relate to that really helped kind of steer me in the direction that I yeah. wanted to. Yeah, he gave then, you some good advice, and he yeah. was helpful, very encouraging. Yeah, and supportive. Without that, I don't know if you would have started. No, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm i very vocal, especially even to Peter, and how grateful I am for that moment and that push, Yeah. Um, as well as just his friendship in general. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, um, was doing it. I think you got, got excited about it. You can speak to this. I don't have to speak on your behalf. I'm naturally a very competitive person. <laughs> we'll just start <laughs> yep. with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris is like, oh, man. Um, and so I saw Chris started his YouTube channel. <laughs> well, you know, I'm he, being honest. You know he has more subs than you, right? I know. I know. Yeah. I'm working on that. <laughs> the, um, the, the competition. The begins. competition but is real. Instagram, I don't know. Is it similar? He's, yeah, no, he has. Yeah, he has more. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He so he started a few months before I did. He started in like the fall, and I started in like January. Yeah, I started like around October. Um, and so I saw what he was doing. I was like, well, this mm -hmm. looks fun. And then I started watching more YouTube and kind of seeing what the whole environment was all about. Um, and that's I noticed, really valuable. I wasn't really watching YouTube before Casey, yeah. anyways. Yeah, yeah, I I wasn't really. I mean videos live like on I youtube but PewDiePie. i wasn't watching youtube how i watch youtube now <laughs> yeah I, um, I, I consume it all, all day all, yeah, it's all like the our favorite time platform like that and then just like high quality netflix at a certain it. point because yeah. yeah. i'll stay on youtube way longer than i even watch netflix now yeah mm. um but anyways, anyways sorry so i now i lost my train so you were you were learning about youtube learning about youtube watching it, saw there watching weren't chris many females in that realm mm -mm. and i was Please, like lord we need more yeah, what the 100%. heck is going on here if there is a female watching 100 percent consider doing it we and need more representation do what peter said and do it tomorrow do it tomorrow do it, we'll do it buy tomorrow. you chicken wings yeah and so i was kind of just like well I think someone needs to be doing this. I guess I could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was very much like that. It wasn't like I'm trying to be the best or I'm trying to get, you know, tons of subscribers or and I thought, mm -hmm. you know, this is a place I could put up some of the projects that I wanted to do that I haven't done yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so I wasn't really thinking about it, you know, in any other way than that. And I thought, you know, who knows how many subscribers I'm, I'm going to get, but if one person, if one any person watches my stuff and thinks, you know, now I want to start my own business or now I want to go and do that next project or I want to go out and buy my first camera, then it'll, and especially if that's a girl, then mm -hmm. I'll consider it a success. So that was my mentality when yeah. I started. And then meeting some of the people within this YouTube community, like if I can name a few, Becky and Chris, I yeah. love Becky mm -hmm. and I 
are really good friends now, despite the our long distance relationship. Yeah, <laughs> you and you and uh, Tola Visuals, Kitty and Kitty. I oh, just yeah. went to visit her in November, and oh, cool. we spent. I'm good friends with her. I love. I slept yeah. on her couch her, for a weekend. Her and her boyfriend it was are like, awesome. Oh my yeah. gosh, they cooked me the most delicious vegan food I've <laughs> ever had in my life. And it was meeting people like that that kind of solidified it for me. And everyone's so supportive and encouraging. You get to do videos together yeah. and learn from each other. And then I was just kind of like, this is for me. And mm-hmm. then connecting with everyone yeah. online. And some um, of the most like, um, you know, it's YouTube has provided a, a great outlet for creativity and, and other financial opportunities. But again, I think one of the best things that's come from it is like, the friendships yeah um, yeah you know i think you i wouldn't have kept doing it if it wasn't well like i can people. relate to you guys on such a level that yeah i can't relate to with people that are in my life that i've known for a very long time yeah because yeah. there's a lot of struggles with it totally and, and it's hard to communicate those struggles mm-hmm. to people because um not everyone always understand it yeah and a like, lot of times you do what like, yeah yeah but you make money how yeah. do you how do you make money with yeah that? why are you oh stressed gosh, out about a schedule <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> So I think that's why I keep doing it is just because, you know, at the end of the day, we can all make good work and work that we like and work hard and make money. But if we're not helping someone else, you mm-hmm. know, in our lifetime, then what the heck are we doing this yeah. for? And yeah. so that's why I love YouTube. And, yeah. and now we we're working on this course and I'm really excited about that. And we actually get yeah. to meet some of these people that, mm-hmm. you know, we that are watching our videos and that like yeah. our content and the help people teach behind them the every single number and... are real humans. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not, it's not always easy to remember that, but it's, it's crazy that we can create content and have YouTube as a vehicle to distribute it and that it actually lands and makes impact. an impact. Like the fact that I can go through my Instagram DMS and, and see that people's lives are changing. Like one guy messaged me that after a couple of the videos, like he was, he's actually been able to make a living off of photography because of a lot of the insight that Lizzie and I, and by no means are we, you know, doing, and it's the same with you. Are we doing this because we think we're the best at, you know, Mm -hmm. video photography. And I don't think I am, but it just takes anyone to step up and Mm -hmm. say, you know, here's some of the information I know Mm -hmm. that you can take and grow your business. So YouTube happened for both of you guys around the same time then? Or were you a little after? I was probably like five or six months after. Yeah. Cool. And how consistent do you guys stay with your YouTube schedule? Are you really strict on it? Do you kind of just do like a couple a week? I would give myself a B plus. Yeah. Well, (laughs) what does your social blade give you? Uh, uh, I think I'm a B. B Yeah. Yeah. Like a B minus. Yeah. I've been like a B minus for a while. Yeah. B minus. Uh, yeah, and I think we try our best, but we're trying to develop our company in a way yeah. that we can outsource some of that work. And mm-hmm. it's hard right now managing both. Do you guys shoot, edit your own stuff? We used to. Yeah. Now um, we have a couple of different people yeah. on our team that can really help um, put those projects together. And we can oversee nice. them from like a creative perspective and, and managing it from a business perspective. We still need a couple more people. So it's not completely hands off. So you're not, you're not editing your videos anymore on Some, YouTube? Or? Oh, oh we, no. YouTube, yes. For YouTube, it's everything. Start to finish. Uh, the business is a bit more the of business, like a structure. We do gotcha. have some editors. But again, they're freelance as for, well so when they're not available for your uh um for our company okay yeah for your freelance kind of corporate yeah. gigs and stuff for commercials. know how know yeah. how media know how media which know is how? the pun off of my last, name. last yeah. name yeah cool so you guys shoot on sony cameras yeah yes we're, we're i don't want like it's funny people are like you're a sony fanboy it's like i just i like the sony cameras they i do things that other ones can't do exactly yeah. i'm not impartial to any camera in particular i love all the brands yeah, i think other. a lot of uh, the companies are doing great things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happen to have a friend who um, has given me the chance to like play with certain Sony cameras a lot. 
uh, that just made me fall in love with it. Yeah. I got to play with the A7S uh, a couple years ago. I had a Canon 7D. And then uh, she was like, hey, do you want to just like play with A7S for the weekend? And I was like, sure. And then I was like, this thing can see better in the dark than I can. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. So I ended up buying an A7S. And then from there, once you start investing in glass, yeah. uh, it's really hard to go back to anything yeah. else. Yep. Yeah. I was a Canon user. I had a 5D3. Yeah. The good old days. And I loved it. And I do still miss my Canon. But when I started YouTube and I was shooting more video myself, mm-hmm. then I naturally had to make the switch. And in a perfect world, I would have both. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 You would love like Canon for your photos yeah. and then Sony for your video. It's basically what Becky and Chris do. Yeah. I would yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about the colors and Yeah. It just mojo. looks good. Yeah. 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 But uh, the Sony, the video specs are just great. It's yeah. like a freaking technology marvel. The no, things it's that they're amazing. able to yeah. cram in there. Like I shoot with the A9, and then like I actually like absolutely love that camera. Mm-hmm. And even on the video, it's so side bizarre. Too. You're I, you're the only person I've ever met that shoots on the A9 for yeah. video. It's literally the only reason is because I got like the craziest discount on the camera. Like mm-hmm. I literally got almost more than half off of it and it was brand new. Yeah. So I bought it because of that. And then I was like, I actually really love this camera. It's oh, basically yeah. a 1DX, yeah. right? Uh, with even more features packed into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I'm just going to continue doing this because I was shooting with an A7S II and the autofocus on that was just oh, like yeah. a potato. Like it was just horrible. <laughs> yeah. So like I would be like, what's up guys? And then like 30 seconds into vlogging, yeah. it would finally find my face. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's like contrast yeah. detects. Yeah. So. so I bought it literally because of the autofocus and then I kind of fell in love with the camera. Um, and then I'm still finding out things about it that it can do. And mm. I'm like, whoa. Well, the, the A9, not the A7 III or the A7R III, yeah. is getting the new firmware that gives you the autofocusing tracking from the A6400, which I don't know if you've played with that camera no, not yet. yet. No. But it's better than dual pixel autofocus. Like Sony has finally surpassed yeah. the speed and reliability of it. We did some testing with Canon versus the A6400. Yeah. And it's literally like insane yeah so so no one can you know say bad things about sony anymore for the focusing totally that was kind of a thing like for a while yeah and not anymore and if they start adding flip screens then it'll be literally nothing else yeah yeah. i do think the ibis could get better i think that other cameras like the nikon we have a z6 we shoot on the z6 right now yeah the stabilization is really really good yeah well it's about to do 4k pro as raw out so like uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. Sony's got to do 10 bit. They have to. Yeah. So, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I could talk about gear like all <laughs> day Same. long. So, because I find myself like, I love story and all that. And that's really important. But my story is gear. Yep. So, like, build a story around gear. Yeah. Just like the show Top Gear. Yeah. Like, yep. the, the topic was cars. Yeah. But it was entertaining. Yeah. Right. So, we can do that on YouTube. Infotainment. Yep. Infotainment, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. still entertainment first, but then, you know, yeah. gear and stuff. So. Um, so moving on to photography slash Instagram or, mm-hmm. you know, if this is listened to in the future and Instagram is gone, which it won't be. But I don't think so. No. I, I heard a comment one time that as long as humans have eyes, photos will always be relevant. Mm-hmm. I think um, the, median, the mediums that we have now where uh, everyone's on their phone, whether it's Instagram, there will be some other photo platform i just think that uh instagram's brand is so 
Um, it's Facebook, so it's Facebook. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's yeah. too big of a media company um, with too many smart people behind it and too many mm. st- strategic meetings and and money and everything for that to go anywhere anytime soon. So I still, if anyone is out there looking to want to do Instagram or YouTube, I those are such big media beasts that there's yeah. still room for you. Yeah, totally. Right. So you guys are both on Instagram. You're very active. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I would consider you guys Instagrammers or whatever you want to call oh, it. Man. And uh, just tell me about that process. Like, when did you guys start taking it seriously? Um, what is some of the strategies yeah. that you have there? Uh, do you find yeah. that you have a more intimate connection with your audience there versus YouTube? Instagram was where we started off. Yeah. And we definitely wanted to make sure that we were, I mean, initially it was just a fun thing. And then a couple of years into it, we were like, oh, we were seeing other people take this seriously. We take great photos. Why don't we post, you know, our nicest photos? Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that we necessarily developed a niche yet or we were really trying to develop a brand or an identity yet. It was still very much our nicest photos we were taking. Yes. Yeah. So pre YouTube, um, going back to that storyline, I was kind of talking there about like wanting to take Facebook seriously. I was taking Instagram, Instagram seriously seriously too. You know, Lizzie and I had grown our accounts, not nothing like too big, but like you know a few thousand people, and we were really proud of that. And I was proud of the content that I was putting out. And for me, I went through a stage when like I released that first like Arizona video. Um, just going back to the story we were talking there, where I really just wanted to get better as a photographer i really like i love video video is great but i think i i really love like photography oh photography i see really? photography, photography photography i uh, get yeah. so much uh, it's like chris bergard yeah <laughs> but um it was an opportunity that i could really get hone my craft and just get better at mm-hmm. uh, the skill set uh so that's why i really loved instagram and that's why I think both of us took it pretty seriously, uh, even up to like three years That's ago. That's interesting because yeah. you guys both yeah. went to film school. Yeah. So. yeah. I had a lot of confusion, I think, when I was trying to take my account seriously. And I didn't because, I don't know, a lot of girls on Instagram are doing the whole travel, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't what my account is now. No, you went through a couple of different phases. And I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> and because yeah. I think I was trying to be everybody else. And that was a mistake. Yeah. And then it was like a year ago where you really were like, this is my style. This is who I am. I want to be authentically me. Yeah. And it was was awesome to watch her like literally her account explode. It was really frustrating. Uh, And it still is kind of frustrating because I'll see a dramatic difference in the photos. People love photos of me. Mm-hmm. And not so much necessarily the photos that I'm taking of whatever else, whether it's landscapes or whatever. And I think it's just because they want to see me and that's mm-hmm. fine. But I struggled a lot with, okay, so am I supposed to be posting just photos of myself then? Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way my feed looks and I don't like that. And that's not what not what yeah, I want to be doing. That's and what then, a model does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what people expect a little bit of women to post that kind of content. Yeah. So again, so, you wanted to be a bit of like a... I wanted to be myself. You want to be yourself. So I just kind of said, screw it and started posting whatever I wanted to in the photos that I liked. And now I'm a lot happier with where it's at. And it grew because of that. Yeah. I think it's hard telling yourself just to do what you want and forget the rest. Burkhardt actually said this in our interview. He said, people don't realize there's three types of people on Instagram. There's like professional working photographers who are just Mm -hmm. sharing their work. Influencers who are selling products Mm -hmm. and models. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you have to decide what what are you of those three things. Yeah. It sounds like you decide that you want to be a photographer. Yeah. And showing I, your work rather than was, a model. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you were probably conflicted with. Yeah. That's a lot of what are, I was seeing mm-hmm. of people who looked like me. And not that I have you know, anything against that. And I think mm. it's great, but it never felt like me. And so that was the first hurdle I went through. And now I'm going through another hurdle where I have trouble posting frequently, I think, because I'm so, I'm, I'm comparing my own photos to everyone else's so harshly. And yeah. I'm the hardest on myself right now. Mm. Well, you follow and you've met a lot of really yeah. inspiring people who've been doing it for a very long time. Yeah. You know, uh, I can relate to that too. Like when I, when I was a musician, I would, hold myself to the standard of people like Ed Sheeran and Macklemore. Oh, and yeah. when I wasn't as good as them, I was lesser than them. And I, I would beat myself up mm-hmm. around it. So I think... But if I showed my account now to myself two years ago, I would have felt the same way. I would have said, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And well, it's so funny that we do that to ourselves in our yeah. own heads. And so now I've just kind of decided... If I like this photo when I'm taking it, it's going up no matter what. Yeah. And you give yourself that ultimatum and you do it anyways. It's a part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Ripping off the Band-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah. I just, again, because I'm sort of new to, like, when I was on Instagram, stories wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wasn't thinking about algorithm and, like, yeah. I should do everything in a four by five rather than square or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... Like, what is that process for you guys? Do you think about that? Or you just kind of, is it more of a personal thing yeah. for both of you? Do you have a system um, there I think we take treating it like a job or? Yeah. 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 100%. We definitely yeah. take it seriously in terms of. Scheduling, posting. Scheduling, posting. Tags, all that. Yeah. We, we do all of those things. But as far as the, the photo itself, I mean, we try to keep it on brand and all of that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. we we want them to still feel like us and we want them to be good if it doesn't mm-hmm. have those two things it's not going up well the great thing about story <laughs> the great thing about stories is you can be more like uh, raw yeah. there and yeah. like just you guys goofing off at the beach or whatever yeah yeah like it, I love it doesn't have to be a reason. perfect picture yeah. yeah whereas uh everything else is a very curated like our I, we take our grids very seriously mm-hmm. um so i from my perspective um i kind of have two two sides to it like i treat Instagram like a business, but it's also a platform for me to share my creativity. Mm-hmm. So my photos, I take, I don't take them because I think they'll do well on Instagram. I take them because I like love those photos. There's mm-hmm. probably yeah. a bit of influence because I think they'll. It's uh, hard not to let that influence seep in, even. Yeah. You well, know, I think underneath it all is it just so, at Chris Howe, by the way. Yeah, I think the one influence that's Chris very Howell. evident that I'm oh. actually trying to be more conscious of is that I actually almost only shoot vertical photos now when I'm mm-hmm. like on trips and. We forget to shoot horizontal. Yeah. And it often does look better horizontal. It's just that's not what Instagram prefers. It's yeah. not how we view that content. So we would never post really a horizontal photo yeah. on Instagram. Unless you do ever. like a swipe through now. But <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. trying to be more conscious of it. I think, you know, both Lizzie and I take a perspective of keeping business in mind, but also really like highlighting the things that we love uh, as being a photographer, a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the content is very much like a passion driven area, but it's very much wrapped and delivered in a business mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want things to be successful and be seen by a lot of people, uh, I think it's important to keep certain strategies in mind. Mm-hmm. So that comes down to 
finding the right hashtags, uh, tagging the right feature accounts, uh, posting at the right times. If you're not Having doing a caption this, that people will want to engage with because yeah. that is the most important thing. You can still authentically be you. You just have to be strategic. Yeah. You know, rather than just being like, here's my photo emojis. You're still going, here's what I want to say. It's just wrapped up in a in a way that people will want to engage with it. It's, it's like <laughs> packaging. Like, yeah, I think we can, uh, one of the, so here, I'll tie this into Polar Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I really admire, I think you guys have a fantastic mm-hmm. product, but you guys do the best job at packaging out of anybody in the world. Presentation. Um, that makes it feel, uh, you know, expensive, expensive and yeah. good quality, a high, amazing product. So yes, you have the thing that's inside the box. They say they the want... way it's delivered. Yeah. Uh, you you were going to say. Oh yeah, I was yeah. going to say, they say that they want you to feel bad when you throw it away. Yeah, and 100% yeah, I do. I, I'm I do. like, oh no, the textures and the way it feels. Yeah. Oh, it's the, the shine off of the product just on like the front of the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think all those things, um, if you want to create an analogy, it's the same thing with instagram Mm -hmm. make sure you uh, package it in a way that it gets delivered to the right audience Mm -hmm. i get seen by as many people as possible but you can still authentically be you in your product exactly exactly and i think a big mistake a lot of people make is they look at kim kardashian or like celebrities yeah Mm -hmm. or even on youtube like if somebody's starting out and they see peter mckinnon Mm -hmm. they're like titling and thumbnailing just like him yeah Mm -hmm. like he's got two million you know, is it 3 million? I don't remember. Yeah, 3.2 three, three three, Yeah, so like, and Kim Kardashian's a celebrity. So like, mm-hmm. anything they post will get millions of views, millions of likes. Yeah. Anything Peter posts will get upwards of 100 to 200, 300, Yeah, because there's a hardcore baseline mm-hmm. audience so that like, will drive the algorithm there And when too. you're starting out, and honestly, I would argue that if Kim Kardashian and Peter and Casey actually did do all the right things, which I know some of them are, yeah. mm-hmm. like it just will continue to make it better. Yeah. But sometimes... You know, Kim Kardashian can post a crappy photo yep. with no title and no description, and it still gets tons of views. Totally. Because well, she's famous. Because yeah. she's famous, but that's the thing. <laughs> so you, don't compare yourself to that. No. Yeah, we were not. So we have, <laughs> yeah. we have to find, we have to do things the right way in order to have, mm. you know, our work and our products, you know, be able to We be still seen. do it. Even uh, now when we have a bit of a bigger audience, you know, we still want to get seen to a, a new audience. You know, getting seen by... A, one new person could mean that you have a fan for life. That mm-hmm. one person could end up, you know, liking every single photo. It, you know, they take in all your content, whatever mm-hmm. it ends up being. Uh, you build a relationship with them through the internet. I think those the thing that you forget at the end of the day is that one new follower can mean a big difference in your life, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, when some people might hear what you're saying and get the wrong idea of why you're doing Instagram, like, oh, yeah. he just wants a bunch of likes. I know that's not true. So no, tell me, not. what is the actual like thesis and like purpose for what both of you guys are actually doing? What is the reason for all this? Do you want to start or I can kind of like... You can start. I mean, for me, one of the big things that we've been trying to brand is uh, I, I love having the connection and, and having the chance to like actually talk with these people that mm-hmm. um, I can't actually go to that location directly. So having the chance to chat with somebody in another country or being able to know that uh, that photo can inspire them to start. Um, when I would watch Casey's content, it inspired me to want to go out and do things. So I think I want to uh, also be a vehicle to promote what I really love. Uh, tell the stories that I really care about and promote the whatever products or brands that we really want to work with. Uh, ultimately, so that uh, the end goal is that any creative that is watching this mm-hmm. um, is either inspired or motivated to either pick up a camera, start a business, make money um, with whatever they love doing in life. That is fundamental and 
all things that we're trying to do. Yes. I think we're both on the same page there. It's just we're being the vehicle and, you know, the people saying, hey, look, you can look at what we're doing Mm -hmm. and see that as an example and go ahead and do it yourself. And no no Um, pressure, uh, but I think you have a big responsibility as a female creator, mm -hmm. too. Can you speak on that? Yeah, I, I said in my... I think it's actually my trailer on YouTube. It's so good. Please it's... go and watch it. It like literally made me cry the first time I watched it. It's... But like in a cool, like inspiring way. But you didn't yeah. cry when you oh you cried when you proposed to. Hundred yeah. percent. You did. Yeah. I did not cry. <laughs> no. You're um, crying. I, don't cry. I just want people to think you know I can do it because she is doing it, mm. and we we it kind of goes both ways where we wouldn't be able to live the lifestyle that we are now without social mm-hmm. media. So we want to share that at the same time that we've been able to build our own business, build our careers, you know, through that. That it is possible. It is possible. Um, And it just, you know, takes some of the things that we mentioned in our videos to to do that. Yeah. What do you have to say to women like you who are interested in a male dominant Mm -hmm. field? Like what are some encouraging things and inspiring things you could tell them right now if they're listening? Do it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by that? Um, Elaborate. It's, do you do you think culture tells you not to do it? Is that why you say that? I think culture or, does tell you not to do it. I think that it's not a first option that you're presented. I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of subtleties that you're faced growing up even as a young girl um, of people telling you you need to fit in this box, you need to be nice, you need to do these kinds of things. Maybe this mm-hmm. is something for you, maybe that's not something for you. And it's even how conversation is directed towards um, like Chris versus me, you know, if we were dating, people ask him, how's business, Chris? Yeah. We work together. Yeah. So it's very subtle, but it's there. And it's sure. noticed and it's noticed. And I think you need to acknowledge those things and be ready to answer that question, even though it wasn't directed to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, I'll throw a lot back at Lizzie. If people ask me certain questions and being like, how's business? I was like, yeah, Lizzie, what do you want to answer that? And like it's it's he noticed yeah he notices it now too and and um it because you're actually involved in the it's actual half and half. scheduling and production yeah so and like, it's, it's half and half yeah, yeah. those things are going to happen it's just mm-hmm. that you have to not let them matter yeah and sh- prove them otherwise yeah and, and that's build like a I new said standard right I'm competitive and sometimes I'll use like those little opportunities as uh-huh. motivation <laughs> yeah to kind of say well then I have to prove them wrong or then I have to do more mm-hmm. and you um, have an opportunity to educate people who might be ju- you know innocently ignorant about like yeah well, my whole life in this circumstance usually the man is the one who owns the business so i'm yeah. just used yeah. to that and that is that is we need to educate how it is yeah to not be biased and not to like be judgmental and yeah it, it is it's hard because we're in we're in this time that things are shifting that way mm-hmm. and i also don't think there's any problem like the whole beauty industry on youtube is huge mm-hmm. and there's no problem with that i think it's amazing you know i probably could have done that and maybe been really successful at that too maybe more than i am in this field but this is what i love to do and yeah. i just want to show other girls that it's an option mm-hmm. that's really what it is at the end of the end of the day it's not saying don't do anything feminine do this instead because people have told you to do that and now you shouldn't you need to do this it's just mm-hmm. this is an opportunity that maybe you didn't know was available to you and you can still do it yeah um that's that's really what it is to me yeah i think i just to bring up a really cool story recently uh we were out for dinner and um lizzie sat down first i like parked the car and when i came in um it was my mom's birthday it was her it was her mom's birthday and um 
when I sat down, uh, the person who was serving us drinks was like, okay, it's confirmed. And she's like, you're Chris, you're Lizzie. And she's like, and she, she, and she pointed directly at Lizzie and said, you're teaching me photography online. Oh, wow. And she, and she literally made a point mm-hmm. to be like, no offense to you, Chris, yeah. I love what you do. But, but I like, just girl I, to girl. I, girl to girl I identify with what Lizzie's That's doing awesome. yeah. and I and I admire it. And yeah. I thought that was a yeah. really cool pinnacle moment that yeah. we had experienced. And you have 15% more females on your channel than I have. So that's great. 15%. 15%. <laughs> 15%. It is sad. It is yeah. such a huge male dominant field, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you, you said you still have 80% of your audience is, is male. male. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, well, YouTube in general, I've heard is a is male website. Male. Yeah. yeah. Like just Not in a lot general. of my girlfriends watch, <laughs> yeah. watch yeah. YouTube and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it's just being an example of this is an opportunity for other That's people. an amazing story, though. I'm yeah. sure that made you feel great. It was. It was cool. And it was fun because my mom was there, and I was like, yeah. See, I'm Yay. doing something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your mom was stoked on that. Yeah. I was stoked on that. Yeah. 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 I see that you really respect her, and like you really support her. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. Awesome. Best friend. We're a team. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you going to cry? Probably. Trying to make you want me cry. to? Don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super like excited that i got to meet you guys because it's been so yeah. fun to like hear your journey and when i look at your work and i look at the things you're doing there's so many milestones that you've achieved as far as view count subscribers things like that yeah. but then you've also experienced some really cool things in your life too i mean this whole journey on youtube i'm sure has just been a wild win like experience yeah i think it's interesting because um at the beginning when i first started you know everyone every youtuber or at least in my experience my personal experience i Really was excited about hitting a hundred thousand on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy milestone. I'm still you excited work... about hitting a hundred thousand. She's so close. <laughs> at this, please it. go sub Lizzie at this point. Um, but one of the, that was such a, a journey. And at the beginning, Harmless it plug. was like it was just um, it's it's like the uh, what do they call it? Like the the beginning, the chase, uh, the excitement of getting to that point it was really it was a lot of work. Uh, I loved it. It was a grind. Uh, we were still running our business at the time, and when I hit it. It was this moment, like I joke, I'm like, I'm a crier, but like I got emotional around it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a big milestone to hit that number. Mm-hmm. And now I've fallen more in love with the process. Numbers are cool. I can acknowledge like, cool, I hit 200,000. That's sweet. Let's do something, do a giveaway. Let's do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. Um, but that, that first hundred thousand was like a big moment. The excitement around it was yeah. awesome. Um, can I but, say something about hitting a hundred thousand? Sure. From what I've noticed as well. It can be if you don't have friends who are in the YouTube space, hitting 100,000 is hard to just digest yourself. I think if you were sitting at home and just watched the numbers turn over to 100,000, you'd be like, I should be happy, but no one's, you know, acknowledging it's this with me. It's a lonely yeah. thing what we do, honestly. Yeah, unless rather than if it was are... your birthday or if you got married mm-hmm. or all these other, you know, you got a promotion relatable, at your job, yeah, relatable yeah. experiences. And so we make an effort for everyone that we're close with in this space to acknowledge that for them. So with Chris, we had a 100K surprise party. Yeah, which is a very good look online of yeah. Lizzie's channel and Peter's channel. Um, I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually a really fun part. It was really hard keeping the secret from Yeah, me. I had no idea. And so like yeah. that, that moment with all my friends and seeing how much my life had kind of gone in a new direction was a really cool moment to take in mm-hmm. um, and with Be- becky and chris recently yeah we called becky because we happened to see when she was so close to rolling up to 100k so we called her and you can actually go watch a video on her channel 
and you'll see the breakdown of what oh, happened because cool. there's a recording of it because yeah. I, I was screen recording. I didn't remember yeah. that I was recording audio. So you hear us like scream on the phone with her and everything. And then a week or two later, or was it that weekend? Yeah, we went, we went to Buffalo and we surprised her. And we were like, we're going to have an adventure today. Special. Yeah. So yeah. having those in-person moments yeah. around those That's milestones cool are really... As yeah. a freelancer, you could have been landing like super expensive gigs and like nobody would throw yeah. you a party for it. No. But that's it. That number doesn't matter unless you have other people who are there with you and exactly. understand, they understand what it, it means. Empathize with it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was that was really cool. So yes, the hundred thousand milestone was awesome. I really loved it. Uh, but there's other things that we value just as much too. There's a lot of really cool life milestones that happen uh, within that space as well. So uh, I was joking with one of the other producers here at Polar Pro about uh, this experience that I had where uh, after one of the viral videos that I made when I like surfed and played guitar at the same time, uh, I had an inquiry from uh, one of Japan's biggest news outlets and they wanted to fly a crew over and make a whole episode about this thing where I surf and play guitar at the same time. And uh, to get into the, the short version of the story, basically on the phone, they were like, we want to teach the host how to surf and play guitar at the same time, which I was like, it's what? not, it's not going to happen. I've been doing <laughs> this for nine years, both time. these things. There's, yeah. I, I literally remember being like, there's absolutely no way she's going to do it. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just very difficult, right? Like most people don't even to, surf on their first try. They wanted mm -hmm. her to go without the rope yeah. and you can pull yourself up on the rope the first time. But By the way, you're referring to it's what, wake, wake surfing, wake, wake surfing so behind the, a boat. The yeah. boat yeah. creates a wave. We live in Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach is over here, surf city yeah. USA. Yeah. And I think surfing, I think of that. Yeah. You yeah. guys are we, on, we have Canada's version of surfing so, when you're like... It's almost boat, like redneck surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go without your own the waves. The boat makes a big enough wave yeah. that you can just surf that wave, which is pretty cool. And it's but continuous it, too, it's right? continuous. But it takes a while yeah. to get the balance right so you can keep yeah. going along with the boat without a rope. Yeah. And it took me like, I don't know, two or three times to do that. Yeah, before you were like able to like ride, ride longer without, than 10 seconds. Without the rope, yeah. Without the rope. So anyways, the hosts actually came... Like so, it, it so, actually happened. Yeah, so then they were like on the phone call, they're like, but the the host has balanced on two balls at the same time and i was like not the same thing like, at all impressive but, but sure. no <laughs> like so anyways they flew this uh this crew from japan out we went out in the middle of october in canada which is absolutely Chilly. freezing like most boats are out of the water by this point <laughs> and our boats there so we can surf with this crew from japan which is just the most random situation long story <laughs> long story short we filmed some of the segments they're super awkward and weird and they're the, like because the language barrier, or? language barrier, and there's a translator, and like only one person spoke Japanese and English, so there's like trying to communicate all this. It was just it was really weird. So, anyways, um, we get to the point where I have to teach her how to surf. I'm trying so hard. I'm going through everything that I know when I teach people how to surf because I, I was an instructor for a while as well, and she just can't do it for the life of her. And that's it's fair. It's very difficult. So. We're, I'm in the water at one point. She's in the water too. We're in wetsuits. She's freezing because it's so cold. And I looked to one of the translators. I was like, I can surf with her. I'll put her in my arms and we'll surf at the same time. And hopefully you can get what you want. So then uh, one of the producers screams out. Uh, so, so anyways, um, we get up. She's in my arms. We're surfing together. And one of the producers with the camera like looks around the camera and screams something in Japanese. And then she goes and nods. And then she starts screaming a death metal song at the top of her lungs. So now I have this Japanese what? woman screaming a death metal song while we're surfing together. And then it just felt like a, like a moment out of a movie where like everything just slowed down. It's like vroom. And I became so self-aware of all the, the things I needed to have. 
to come together for this moment to actually occur. There's a guy on a jet ski filming at the same time. There's like a whole crew of Japanese people in the boat. My dad's driving the boat. This woman's in my arms and I'm just like, what, what, what is this moment? What is happening right now? So I, I look back on those experiences um, uh, with just as much excitement as around hitting 100K because those life moments are very unique. And it's by being a creative and by putting things out in the world that these things happen. And I value that story um, as a funny story as much as I value hitting 100,000 uh, as an emotional story. Uh, life throws the weirdest things at you. Um, but I'm, I'm very grateful for being a creative and putting things out in the world because it wouldn't happen otherwise. Is that video online? I've tried to find it. And I can't find it for We've the life of me. We've had friends try to find it. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Apparently, we should post on Reddit and the people of yes. Reddit will yes, help us so find it. Yes, so we've heard. A friend of ours spent like six hours trying to find it. And I just can't find it. I emailed the producer and never emailed me back. So, wow. anyways, life. Yep. Incredible. Yep. <laughs> that was it. That, we'll keep that... <laughs> That'll be a good story to keep There is there. one photo that exists. Yeah, there's a single photo of me and her smiling. Apparently, she's the biggest comedian in Japan. Oh, okay. And she was offended she's that I didn't really know her. She's really big eyebrows. Oh, okay. She's yeah. the largest. Were they drawn on? They were drawn on. Massive eyebrows, eyebrows. And she was wearing a little schoolgirls outfit. And I remember being oh, like, <laughs> I was like, what, what, is, what is happening? There's more of that story we'll share for another time. But yeah, yeah life, is, life is interesting. <laughs> Well, uh, since we have two guests, I'll ask you both, and I'd like an answer from both of you. Mm-hmm. This is a question that I ask at the end of every episode. Yep. Um, if you could collaborate or work with any person, dead or alive, who would it be? Somebody that inspires you, somebody that uh, you haven't met yet that you would love to meet, or like I said, somebody that's not even here anymore? Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, just because I, I think they're amazing, I really respect and admire Donald Glover. Um, just as somebody who is like a triple threat, um, both yeah. in music, video, comedy, uh, he's amazing. Uh, I don't know if we would hit it off uh, from a personality standpoint. I just, I think he's an incredible creative uh, artist, everything. Um, I think spending a day with him to collaborate or make something would be epic, whatever that is. And then growing up as a aspiring filmmaker, who really inspired you heavily? From a filmmaking perspective, I mean, we Lizzie and I really love films. I think Steven Spielberg is amazing. Uh, you know, as much as he is commercial, I'm not one of these people that's like, I want to find somebody super artsy. And that I like, yeah. I like commercial work like that a lot. I think Steven's uh, amazing. Right? I think he's an amazing visionary. Um, he's super inspiring. I don't know if it was the most obvious inspiration, but if we're just speaking to something right now, Steven's dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make a hat out of that? Yeah. Spielberg's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very realistic person, so I don't normally think about my opportunities to collaborate with people who I wouldn't normally meet. That's so, why I asked the question. <laughs> I know. Um I mean, there's a I mean, I've always loved Adele as a musician. Yeah. If I could just got to hang out with her for an afternoon, that would be ideal because I think she's hilarious and yeah. her voice is like a thousand angels and I love singing. So like yeah. if I got an amazing singer. Really? I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to compete with her but if i got to sing anything with her i would pro- that might make me cry that might make me cry. okay um noted, okay. noted. <laughs> um i'm not jealous i'm gonna as have to hire as... adele for your wedding yeah. someone i don't know someone i wanted to ask to collaborate with me in a video which i probably will at some point is actually sarah dici yeah yeah which i probably will the next time we're i guarantee you she would love that i was i'm hoping she will say yes when i ask her 
<laughs> Hopefully it's still Sarah, a surprise. If <laughs> Sarah, if you're listening. Shoot um, me a text. I'll like put you in a text with Lizzie. I have her phone <laughs> yes. number. What oh, are you, you talking about? Oh, okay. Apparently she has her phone number too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a very realistic person. So. What do you like about Sarah and what she's doing? Um, Everything. <laughs> I... I like Sarah's personality. I think yep, that's a big 100%. one. It it wouldn't no no offense, but it wouldn't matter even what she's doing if I didn't like her as a human. Mm-hmm. And the time that we spent with her, I think she's really cool. Uh, yeah, she's super genuine, uh, really fun. She knows her stuff. Yeah. Um, I think all of the different projects that she's done over the last couple of years have been they're all so different and unique. And her editing style with her own stuff, I think, is really unique. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I admire that for sure. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we yeah. recently hung out with her, and like it was just so natural to just talk to yeah, her like a normal person, chill. yeah, and chill, and like, yeah, yeah. She's just spouting all sorts of wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. love Sarah Dietschy. You need to do passion. it. Yep. Yeah. When we're in New York, I'll ask her. Cool. All right. Yeah. Any last uh, words of inspiration for somebody who wants to become a person like you a youtuber instagrammer photographer filmmaker yeah. that kind of thing you know i hate um, for lack of a better term instagrammer but you know what i mean i think it's important to remember that if you're about to start your first few things that you post or make aren't going to be the best and that's okay you still need to put them up anyways and it's a learning process and just know that because we have a lot of friends right now who are in similar boats and they are they're just nervous about starting because they don't want to make something that sucks. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of it. Make something that sucks. Mm-hmm. And at, and initially, I think you'll be... <laughs> Put that on a hat. Make something <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, and I look back at my first couple of YouTube videos and they're not my favorite. But it doesn't matter. I did it anyways. And it's what, um, what comes after mm-hmm. that really matters. I, I think my last, um, I guess, comment on that would be uh, I there's a lot of people who are always trying to chase like a bigger number um, in terms of however their creative work is being seen or what their audience is. I always say look at that number and imagine every single number is a, a real person and put them all in a room. So whether your audience is 10 people, imagine you were showing 10 people your photo. That would be a little nerve-wracking. Imagine now make it 100 people, make it 1,000 people. Um, people think those numbers are small. They're not. They're look up on Google, thousand people in a room. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So um, remember that each one of those numbers is a real person. Mm -hmm. And if you can empathize that if Instagram wasn't there and you were doing it in real life, it would probably be the scariest thing ever and be a pretty amazing experience. I remember playing to audiences of 30 people and then being very special experiences as a musician. And, um, you know, it's actually scary now thinking that hundreds of thousands of people might see our photos and it's a weird way to relate to it, to come back to that, look that number up and you'll be mm-hmm. amazed on how it makes you feel when you present that creative work. That's a wonderful mm-hmm. perspective. And I've always thought of that too, because I came from a performing background mm-hmm. and I'm really glad you said that because I think a lot of people don't have that perspective. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris and Lizzie, it was awesome hanging out with you guys. Thanks for having Thanks for us. Having this us. was awesome. Yeah. It was a really fun podcast. Yeah. We've been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So much great wisdom. Amazing people. Thank you. We'll see Thanks. you at your wedding. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hire you to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> Please, no. I'll do it. Sweet. Thanks for having us. 
I really love the metaphor that Chris gave us at the end there about every view being a real person. I think sometimes as a modern creative, we can be removed from the views and the likes that we get and just look at them as numbers instead of people. So next time that you're looking at your likes or your views, remember every single person that watch that thing is a real person and they're getting value from the work that you're doing. So even if it's five or six people, those five or six people are hopefully affected by the thing that you did and you're bringing value to their life. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please share it with a friend who you think would find value from it too. And also consider subscribing in your Apple podcast player or whatever player you're using so that you know exactly when our next episode comes out. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and I'll see you next week.